we're seeing more and more in our generation, you know, people preferring access over ownership. And that's something I definitely prefer. You know, I'd much rather have access to clothes rather than have to tote around uh, a huge wardrobe. From Innovate Mississippi, this is Origins of Innovation, raw, honest conversations with the founders on the then and now of their Mississippi-based startups. I'm Bo York, and on today's show, how founder William Alt has created a unique way to turn your closet into a small business. Though he was born in Charlotte and raised in Tuscaloosa, William Alt grew up spending many a fall weekend enjoying the unique experience of college football fandom in Oxford, Mississippi, thanks to his mother's desire to stay connected with her Jackson and Tupelo roots through tailgating at the SEC Powerhouse. It was these game days in the Grove that would eventually beckon William to the University of Mississippi, where his entrepreneurial spirit would thrive and grow into his startup, Curtsy. Curtsy is an app that lets women rent dresses to each other. And so that's it. I mean, just plain and simple. Yeah. We try to keep it concise. I think at its core, that's what Curtsy is. And I could go into, you know, it's a peer-to-peer marketplace. There's no reason to do that. I call it mumbo jumbo speak. Like at its core, you understand what Curtsy is, that simple sentence. Where, where did the idea for Curtsy come from? One of my good friends, Sarah Kiprasovska, approached me with a peculiar problem. She had a, a closet full of dresses, uh, but had nothing to wear. So... She came to me wanting to make a Facebook page. I thought, like, that's that's interesting. Also was thinking about other kind of consumer companies in in the space, mainly Airbnb and, and Uber, you know, kind of monetizing your car and then monetizing your house. Uh, and, and thought, you know, what's the next largest asset in someone's life? And dresses seem to be, I saw it Ole Miss, where people had a lot, lot of money invested for something they only used occasionally. And so I said, you know what, I think this could be an app. So, so we just got a team together and decided to, uh, to launch. And we spent several months producing the app. And it officially, it's like our launch was January 2016. So like a, a dress rental service. Exactly. An app that lets women rent dresses to each other. You know, the name is, I mean, it's perfect, right? I mean, Curtsy is, is the perfect app name for that. How did that come about? And, and how on earth were you able to get that as a name? <laughs> it's funny. Curtsy is really an old word, but it was hard. In the beginning, it was actually called Nimble. It's a name that I made up. Uh, you know, it's not, not near as good. There are lots of companies with that name. So we went through about 400 names and a guy on our team, David, actually came up with it, came up with the name Curtsy. And part of the reason we picked it is because it has great SEO. So if you t- type in Curtsy, then we're the, the first result. Not many other companies have have gone there. And so I think there's always a name out there for a company. It just takes a lot of hard work. We, we spent months coming up with it. Did you ever imagine that you would find yourself in the fashion industry? I mean, is this a place where you had passion prior to this? <laughs> no, not, not at all. Really, in college, or it's like I've kind of been an entrepreneur from a young age. And everything from mowing lawns in high school, uh, I had a, a tree banding business, I call it. It was a particularly funny problem in Charlotte where these trees would get infected by this like inchworm. <laughs> you could put a band on a tree and, and charge a lot of money for it. So did a lot of that and then studied computer science in college and started a couple other, other companies, but really you know, saw, saw an opportunity here to, um, you know, to really leverage the power of software and, and connecting people. And so decided to go after it. It's really more the technology that, that got you rather than the, uh, the the fashion aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think there are a lot of other things here that I'm really driven by for this business in particular. Like fashion's definitely a piece of it. Uh, you know, I think it, even guys, when you put on the, you know an amazing suit and if it's just right, you know, there 
you have that special feeling of like, all right, you know, I, I look awesome. I'm going to ace this job interview or, you know, like have a great time at this event or on, on this date kind of thing, you know, at, at this party. I think that's definitely an experience that all of us have. And you know, I really, really enjoy, but bigger, there's a lot of waste in the fashion industry too. And I think it, it's really one of the um, industries that contributes to a lot of greenhouse gases and is a Wearing something like buying a product, uh, wearing it once is just not not very sustainable. You know, whether it's from an environmental perspective, perspective, that's another thing that really really motivates me. Is you know, dresses have twenty wears and most are worn a couple times max. We're seeing more and more in our generation, you know, people preferring you know access over ownership. Uh, you know, and that's something I definitely prefer. You know, I'd, I'd much rather have access to clothes rather than have to you know, tote around uh, you know, a huge wardrobe. Fashion is front and center. I mean, the Grove is not football. It is fashion, is it not? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's <laughs> there is a lot, a lot of fashion that, that goes into the Grove, but really, I think it was a secondary thought. You know, we were in the throes of curtsy when the idea of game day happened uh, because you know this was in, we launched in January 2016, so you know, we were really targeting all other formal events, uh, and then. In, Later on that fall, we're like, oh man, game day is an event where we, we could definitely use curtsy. Uh, so it, it wasn't planned with that in mind, honestly. Have you met anybody famous from the fashion world? Oh, famous in the fashion world? No, I, I'll say, you know, our most famous investor is Kevin Durant, which is pretty cool. Wait, wait, hang on. What? Wait, what? How, how, <laughs> yeah. how did that come about? Through a mutual connection. Another investor you know, knows his business manager who then you know, was was referred to us when we were fundraising and liked what we ha- had to say and chose to invest. How do you pitch Kevin Durant on a dress sharing app? Just the same way as you, as you pitch any, anyone else. You know, I think he, he's interested in you know, technology startups, you know, a, a focused team going after a uh, passionate mission. You know, I think Kevin's a fashionable guy. Maybe he got, got some advice from from, from friends. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure why, why he said yes, uh, you know, but I, I, I'd say he's a smart guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. But along with the check, you also got to sign basketball somewhere in there, right? Not yet. Still, still working on, on, on that one. Got to get the Hopefully details, it, man. You got to write it, that in <laughs> the paperwork. <laughs> so in, in the early days, I mean, what would you say are kind of the, the biggest lessons that you've learned in terms of, you know, j- just getting started, just getting things off the ground mm-hmm. in the beginning? Uh, you know, th- there's really two things that are important, building your product and talking to potential users in the early days. I definitely struggle with this. It's it's easy to, I'll say, get, get caught up playing house, uh, meaning like you know, making sure that you know you have your tax paperwork in order and that you've got your business set up and you know the LLC and your website and all that stuff. But in reality, it didn't do anything other than make us feel official, right? We should have spent more time building our products, putting it in the hands of people, like you know, mock-ups. Um, you know, we, we could have learned so so much had I just spent. 30 minutes or an hour in a mock-up tool and put it in people's hands and watch their faces as they try to use it and push different buttons with a clickable mock-up. And then they'd be like, hmm, this, does, this doesn't make sense. Rather than spending hours and days building that into the product. I think it's also, you can really get caught up in going to conferences, just like talking about the business rather than actually going out there and doing it. Mm. In the early days, there's two things you really need to focus on. That's talking to your users and building product. Who was your team? How did you kind of go about figuring out who was going to help make this a reality. I mean, did your friend, did, did she become one of the founders of the company or? So she's actually in, in medical school now. You know, in the beginning, I think like most great companies, it, it was a project. We didn't take it too seriously. You know, it's something that, that 
you know, I wanted to work on at the time I was dreaming it, it could become something really big, but I started lots of other things in college with the same ideas and it, you know, thoughts, but they, they didn't go anywhere. And I learned a ton in the process every time. What kind of projects did you work on before before Curtsy? Oh yeah, several different apps. Some that are even embarrassing to even like for me to try to pitch you on them. Um, oh, but please do. See, like, please do. Yeah, yeah. Like I think one of them, uh, you know, we called it Coach's Corner, and, and it was like an app that you could use to like parents to schedule their their activities and, and organize like everything that's required to run a sports team. I think there are several com- successful companies in that space, so maybe that's not not that embarrassing. There were other like like tutoring marketplaces, uh, you know, that I was interested in that are, I think, really difficult. And I have some friends pursuing those problems. Let's see what else? I also, um, was a part of a company now still almost called Vault Entertainment. We really kind of grew a like production company in Oxford that showed me how many events were going on and you know, kind of dro- drove home the need need for all the dresses, uh, you know, while carrying speakers around and. DJing till the wee hours of the morning, many nights in college. Uh, you know, the, all those things were fun and taught me everything from you know, leadership, management skills to you know what is what is required to pitch, how to raise money, you know, motivate people to work in the beginning when there's not not a lot of hope or promise or evidence that you're going to be successful. You've been an entrepreneur through and through. Yeah, I, I've started a lot a lot of things, you know, but uh, ha- haven't had any runaway success. Made money in the process, uh, you know, but also. I think as my dad, that always says, you know, in the beginning, take the experience and the, and the coin will come. At one point, did you ever consider, you know, I'll just go to law school. I mean, ha- have you always been kind of on this mindset of I'm going to create the business and that's going to be my career? Pretty much. I, I definitely considered going to get some experience in the workplace. I, I wouldn't say law school would be <laughs> would be one of them. Probably something in sales. S- sales are even developing, like b- being an engineer at a company and kind of wor- working through engineer, pr- product manager, uh, you know, sales would probably be a role that would be best suited for, for my personality. Probably more product and sales ra- rather than engineering. I considered it, but then it was like, you know, curtsy presented itself. And so I decided it was still like really early, even after a couple months, January 2016. So January 2016, that's when the idea came about? That's when we launched. We actually had the idea, honestly, probably a year before. I was a full-time student, you know, had a lot of stuff on my plate. You know, I had a couple of internships, was still doing a lot of stuff with the production company, you know, DJing and throwing events at, at school. <laughs> and so really took us a while to figure out you know, how to make an app, get it approved on the app store. You know, what's a, what's a decent user experience you know, recruited some, some more friends, uh, you know, who, who had some, some more experience in kind of producing a product. We, we didn't learn, learn a whole lot of that in, in undergrad. What year were you in college? When she first approached me, I was a senior. Then we presented in the Ole Miss Business Plan Competition. I presented it two years prior and got in second place both times. Oh, wow. And this time, didn't place at all with, you know, with what I thought was the best idea. <laughs> wow. So when you were presenting before, you were presenting previous companies. And mm-hmm. the one that actually kind of starts with, has some legs to it, uh, it got turned down. Exactly. Yeah. The first time we came back and won the next year, once, once we had some, some evidence and an app and people renting in could kind of put to bed, uh, you know, all the concerns about, you know, Oh, what if it's not clean? And, you know, this is not going to work for X, Y, and Z. And are you a coder at all? Did you, did you actually build out the app? I contributed a little bit in the beginning, but engineering is not my, my strong suit. I can do it if I need to. I really recruited my friends from the computer science department who are far better developers and engineers than, than I am, you know, two of which who, who are you know, still a part of Curtsy today. 
I would imagine being at Ole Miss and kind of part of the university structure, especially with something like that competition, there would be a lot of ready mentors surrounding you. Can you talk about a little bit who kind of walked you through the process or who kind of guided you to uh, get Curtsy off the ground? Yeah. So th- there were a couple, you know, I-, I will say something that, that I really, really worked hard at, at trying to find you know, people in, the, in this space. And, and I really had a hard time finding anyone who had launched a digital product, you know, who knew about you know, how to create a software product, user experience, I had a really, really hard time there. So my dad was a big influence. You know, he, he's in, in the software and data business. His insights were always pretty valuable. There were a couple other, my first year at, in the business plan competition, there's a guy who runs an accelerator there. He, he was definitely helpful, but you know, really, we only had a 30-minute conversation, but it was inspiring at the time when I was a sophomore or junior in college. Then some other mentors w- would be uh, Diane and Ella Jane. We were paired with them with Curtsy, uh, kind of two years in a row, actually through a different competition. I know this is getting a little nuanced. No, not uh, at all. I mean, the, the, the competitions, you know, that's a, that's a huge factor, especially for, you know, a, a startup company these days. Yeah, the, the competitions are, are de- definitely good, you know, kind of force you to, uh, to create the, the milestones. But really, there, there aren't mentors can help you perfect your pitch. Uh, but when, when it comes to, like any of the, the technical challenges that, that we faced, I really uh, had no one I could turn to had done anything like we were doing. I couldn't find anyone who had put an app on the app store, who knew the approval process, who was a UX designer for the mobile space. I have a pretty broad network at the time. You know, I pretty much knew everyone in the computer science department, and most people who were interested in entrepreneurship in the business school was connected with guys at FNC, Startup Weekends, you know, Rebel Venture Capital Fund, and I couldn't find many. And I think now that I'm in Silicon Valley, you know, there, there are several people that I look up to, you know, who's are mentors to me today. After working with Innovate Mississippi for a number of months, got the seed fund award for $100,000, which was tremendously helpful. It felt like I could finally breathe. Preparing for the, the pitch competition, uh, you know, wor- working with you know, everyone at, at Innovate was really helpful as far as, uh, you know, kind of them pushing us to keep our idea clear, giving us feedback on, you know, kind of what, what other investors we're, we're going to expect, um, you know, at the early age. I really only pitched friends and family at this point. Having a you know, third party perspective was really valuable. Um, you know, they also introduced me to several other influential people, investors in the area, and th- their ties with, you know, center around innovation entrepreneurship was important. I mean, we also got, $10,000 for winning the business plan competition in 2016 after losing it the year before. <laughs> that was really helpful. Um, you know, also got a lot of help from the Rebel Venture Capital Fund and, and the mentors th- through their program were, were really beneficial. I think they were actually some of the people who first invested in us the fall before January 2016. So it would have been fall 2015. That was really, really helpful in the, in the early days as well. And at what stage did you go for Y Combinator? That would have been right after got the money from Innovate, I believe. I, I need to go back and check the exact dates, but pretty sure Innovate Mississippi, and then soon thereafter applied for. We applied late for Y Combinator. Yeah, got it last minute. At that stage, did you have any users? Yes, absolutely. So we really it was the growth from the spring semester that inspired us to apply to Y Combinator. Uh, you know, in our first hundred days, when I say January 2016, we'd really been working for a while. That was when we had a product that you know could withstand the battle test of users. 
Um, so at that point, you know, we were marketing, running marketing campaigns every week, letting everyone we knew know about Curtsy, having them post dresses, hold, holding trunk shows, events, mm. blog posts, running ads on Facebook, anything we, we could do to get people to you know, engage with Curtsy and use the app. So in our first 100 days, we had about 3,000 people download Curtsy and rent about 200 dresses. And using that pretty you know, steep growth curve, we applied to YC. Okay, so does the way that it work is that the dress is actually put in the mail, or, or is it based on your location, people around you, or what, mm-hmm. what's the goal? It's all location based. Typically, the the way most dresses are, are rented today is uh, you're looking on the feet of dresses at a college or in a city, and if you would like like one, you pick the dates, and then it starts a message conversation, and then you you meet with the person, whether that's in a local coffee shop or somewhere on campus. So it really, it's it's almost a, I mean, it's a social app to some extent. Yeah, we, we hear, we're hearing more and more about, about the community and the friends that have been made because it turns out uh, people tend to have a lot, a lot in common with people with the same fashion tastes and, and the same dress size. That it has been really interesting. Hopefully we'll keep continuing to make money off these customers, you know, as they develop relationships between each other. <laughs> right, um, right. But if anything, we're accomplishing our mission of bring, you know, bringing people co- close together. I think that's important to all of us, you know, who work on Curtsy. With the college campuses, I guess there's almost kind of like a a, a sense of security, right? Because if, if you're going to the same college that I'm going to, then then you know even though we don't know each other, meeting for a cup of coffee and to discuss dresses seems like a natural thing. But mm-hmm. outside of kind of the campus, you start getting into that kind of almost, I would imagine, kind of the the Craigslist nature of, do I trust this or you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are y'all going specifically and exclusively after college campuses, or, or have you started to see usage beyond the campus? Yeah, we, we do a lot of other things to, I'll say, kind of mitigate the fear of meeting up with someone you know who could potentially be be random. Um, it, it really starts with everyone still you know, verifies with most of our user base has come from college, some have graduated or you know have signed up, and so you know pulls in their education history, mutual friends. Also, all the dresses on their profile are generally of pictures of them in the dress, and so there's a lot of so- social proofing in there. You know. People now link to their Instagrams and other social media profiles within Curtsy, so you can see them and you know, become a little more familiar, um, you know, with kind of who they are and what what they look like, and, and you know their general tastes and size, uh, you know, and seeing whether the, the dress would fit and look look good on you. You know, that that is one of the things we hear is that people really like seeing the dress on an actual person and not you know, like a model photo, you know, of someone who's six two size zero. At this stage in the game, how, how big is your team? So we've got six full-time people and about 180 campus teams or people on our campus team. And what's a campus team? Essentially brand reps who spread the word about Curtsy on campus, hold events, have trunk shows, photo shoots, and general kind of guerrilla marketing on, on their campus. You know, I, I'm still a little blown away because, I, you know, obviously... Uh, the world of female fashion, of women's fashion, you know, you, you just don't seem the type. Had you been involved in any of these trunk shows before or, or how did that idea even even come about? Yeah, I'll, I'll give all the credit to Sarah. She really pioneered a, lo- a lot of our early growth tactics, I'll say. A lot of them were her brainchild that we, we still do today. You know, the things we did at, at Ole Miss a year and a half ago still work you know, really, really well today. And we've done a, lo- a lot of things since that have worked, but those are a lot of our go-to things like, like trunk shows. You know, the, there's no better way to convince people that curtsy works rather than you know, taking dresses to them before that they have an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then 
you know, all of a sudden your friends start making money. Uh, you know, girls are wearing dresses that they found on curtsy. It just makes it makes the process so, so easy and really it's like brings it to life. Uh, you know, along the way with something like this, where you're reliant upon your your customers and your clients kind of interacting with each other and meeting in the real world. I mean, have you had any stumbling blocks along the way? Oh, man, too many to count. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'll say it's just a story of being an entrepreneur, you're constantly coming up with you know, solutions to problems. Good example, in, in the beginning, where there were so many dresses being used, like at trunk shows that it was taking away from the like experience of actually like, using the app kind of in the proper form it, r- renting a dress from someone when it wasn't right in front of you you know meeting up uh you know, where like our campus teams had so many dresses at once that it was interfering with how, how the app was supposed to work rather than being a growth tactic mm. so that that's one example uh you know, as far as like the technology uh, you know we've really had to rebuild the app a, a number of times um and you know ma- made so many design decisions, you know, that we've now understand better. Uh, you, you really have to think about the the nuances of your particular problem. If you had told me what it would take to rent dresses two years ago, you know, through an app, I would have never believed you uh, as far as just the complexities <laughs> to try it on first and you know, how to properly phrase, um, you know, you have X amount of time to try on the dress um, before it's kind of you know an official rental. I'll say you know, and the, and you're obligated to to return it and pay for it. You know, just figuring out all all those things. Airbnb has changed things, rolled out features for business travelers in recent weeks and months. Uh, you know, we're, we continue to figure out you know what is the the right experience. <laughs> there there have been a lot of I don't know if missteps is the right word, but just really learnings. I think the key is to st- start simple and then you know, gradually add add complexity as it's necessary to serve you know a larger user base. What is the the internal culture for the for the company that you're looking to build? I mean, is is that on the forefront of your mind? Absolutely. In an early stage startup, the culture you create is is largely a product of the people that you work with, and you know, we definitely have a unique company culture at the moment. You know, we all live and work together in a house in San Francisco, so it is uh, like living and breathing curtsy. And so you can't. Not many people are as, as fortunate to to be in a, a life scenario when it, when you you can live and work with your co-founders, uh, you know, day in and day, in, day out, and be be best friends and, and you know, hang out on the weekends. I think like as we continue to grow, you know, we're, we're all very mindful of you know the people we hire to be part of the company, um, you know, kind of our expectations for them. Um, but I think you have to be careful not to try to impose something just kind of come up with a set of rules and guidelines. Uh, but really, I think it, it's more of a culture is, is how the company feels more so than, you know, a set of rules and guidelines. Um, so it, it's definitely a living and breathing thing. I can't say that we have a, a defined one yet, but, you know, there are a, a lot of things that are really important to us. A couple of the things I've mentioned in the, in the podcast so far, local community, being a part of it is, is important to us. Meeting people with similar interests, taste and fashion, Access over ownership are all all things that mean a lot a lot to us. Things that we, we believe that that'll continue to be important in the future. Um, so we're d- definitely mindful of company culture, but are still working to define it and think that you know it, it will continue to be be defined by the people that are brand representatives for Curtsy and who work with us at HQ. You know, it's, it's such a beautifully simple idea. You know, sometimes those those simple ideas end up being you know the most powerful and launch into brand new things. I mean, where is your grand vision for where Curtsy goes from here? We believe in a future where more dresses are rented than, than purchased. 
Um, and and I, I really believe that we're going to see more and more services based on location. It's like kind of the grand vision for Curtsy is the, the ability to rent dresses in your neighborhood, removing the barrier of you know, having to get in my car, drive across town, deal with traffic uh, or, or any of that, but really just leave your apartment, walk over, you know, meet, meet someone uh, you know, in your neighborhood is really, is really the goal. And I think we're, we're really focused on that, really connecting people in their community through fashion as well. I, th- I think it's going to be a big, big part. Um, you know, and you know, we, we have t- tons of ideas in those areas that we we're excited to, to explore and continue to work on. Any thought about breaking into additional markets? We've de- definitely thought about it. You know, we've thought about men, but you know, I think the, the thing is, I have a, a suit that my dad got, got me when I was a junior in, in high school that fits me great today. I wore it to a wedding this last weekend with a different tie. You know, got compliments on it. Um, and same thing with the tux. It's kind of a, it's just a package from Joseph A. Bank, a suit and a tux. Uh, and so I, I think with men, you, you don't near have the the volume, and so it's that that much harder mm-hmm. to achieve. Marketplace liquidity, you know, where where it's active and you know, people are engaged, um, you know, because it, if I only have the opportunity to rent my tux to someone once a year, the likelihood of me having an app on my phone and keep being updated and you know, updating my location as I move around is, is pretty slim. Um, so I think we, we're we're going to continue to focus on women's clothing for now. But if we're fortunate enough to continue to grow, then I think th- there are a lot of areas that we'll pr- branch into in the future. Thanks for listening to the show. For more origin stories of Mississippi-based innovators, be sure to subscribe to the show at originsofinnovation.com. Our show is produced by Pottery Studios and made possible by Innovate Mississippi. I'm Bo York, and you've been listening to Origins of Innovation.